Hello, friends. Welcome to Trivia Over Tea, the quiz show podcast where we drink tea and play trivia. I am your host, Matthew Cook, and I'm here virtually once again with our guest scorekeeper, my brother, Mason Cook. Mason, how are you today? Um, I'm doing fantastic. Uh, this is going to be a real fun one um, today. I'm, I really do look forward to this matchup. It's, you know. It will certainly be interesting. Um, for context, um, my father has been practically begging to be on the podcast. And um, so I finally acquiesced. And um, so today we have my dad, well, and Mason's dad, too. Um, Andy, welcome to the show. Uh, hi, my name's Andy, and I am enjoying Great Leaf Tropical Green Iced Tea today. And Very I'm good. ready to play. I'm looking forward to this. Very good. Um, and uh, we have another dad opponent. John, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Glad to be here. Um, I'm from the FBI and I'm here to help. That's what, I, that's what I usually tell people. Excellent. Well, thank you both for being here today. As with all of our regular episodes, we'll have four rounds of questions, each with a slightly different format. And so without further ado, Mason will explain the rules for round one. All right. Round one is the first general knowledge round. Correct answers are worth 10 points each. And questions will be on a wide variety of subjects. Alrighty. Dad, you're up first. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Question one. Which modern day country was never successfully conquered by the Mongol Empire in the 13th and 14th centuries? A. India. B. Iraq. Or C. Afghanistan. Iraq. Uh, no, they actually never um, successfully conquered India. Question two. Which of these is the most dense? A. Water. B. Ice or C water vapor. Um, well, I know that when water cools, it expands. So I don't think it's ice. I'm going to say water. That's correct. Um, water is about 997 kilograms per meter meters cubed in density. Ice is approximately 919 kilograms per meters cubed. It sort of depends on what temperature it is. Um, and water vapor varies, but it's significantly less dense than the other two. Question three. According to the 2020 U.S. Census, how many states lost population between 2010 and 2020? A, three, B, eight, or C, 13? This is a guess. I'm going to say eight. Uh, only three lost population. It was only West Virginia, Mississippi, and Illinois. Question four. In what has been called the English FA Cup's greatest ever upset, in 1972, non-league Hereford United FC upset which present-day Premier League club? A. Newcastle United, B. Aston Villa, or C. Manchester United? This is what, easy. Was, what was the first answer? Uh, Newcastle United. I'm not, I, do, I don't know if they're in the Premier League right now. I'm going to say Manchester. It was actually Newcastle United. <gasps> uh, Hereford defeated them by a score of 2-1. to one. And finally, question five. According I knew to the answers to all these so far. Okay, well, there you go. <laughs> Should have given them to you. Finally, question five. According to the American Lung Association, which California county experiences the worst year-round particle pollution in the United States? A, Los Angeles, B, San Bernardino, or C, Kern? It's not Los Angeles. Um, I'm going to say... I think I think it's 
Kern. That's correct. The factors leading Kern County to top the list include the fact that its location in the San Joaquin Valley allows pollutants to get trapped overhead. Alrighty, John, are you ready for your five questions? I think so. I think so. I'm ready. Alrighty. Question one. Which of the following was the most recent province to enter into confederation with Canada? A. Yukon, B. Newfoundland and Labrador, or C. Quebec? Um, well, I think uh, Newfoundland was uh, 1949. I think that's the most recent one, so that's what I'm going to say. That's correct. Newfoundland and Labrador joined Canada in 1949. Previously, the province was its own dominion in the British Empire. Yukon is not a province, but rather a territory, and Quebec has been a province from the, since the start of Canadian Confederation in 1867. Question two. The end of World War I on the Eastern Front was most directly preceded by what event in Russia? A. The abdication of Tsar Nicholas II. B. The October Revolution. Or C. The February Revolution. Um, I'm going to say the October Revolution. That's correct. The Bolsheviks overthrew the provincial government formed after the February Revolution, the, at the end of which the Tsar abdicated. Right. Vladimir Lenin emerged from hiding and declared that the, Bolshe the Bolsheviks would pull out of World War I, which they were able to do with the Treaty of Brest um, Lit. Um, shoot, I should have tried this. Litosk. Thank you. Yes. Litosk. You're welcome. The Treaty of Brest Litosk in March 1918. Question three. Which U.S. president infamously vomited in the lap of then-Japanese Prime Minister Kichi Miyazawa during a state dinner? A. Bill Clinton, B. Ronald Reagan, or C. George H.W. Bush? That was H.W. Uh, That's correct. Even today, the term Bushu Suru, literally, do the Bush thing, lives on in the Japanese language as an idiom for vomiting. Question four. Isle Royale National Park in Michigan is located in the middle of which Great Lake? A, Lake Superior, B, Lake Michigan, or C, Lake Huron? Hmm. Um, I have a one in three chance on this one. Um, and you didn't give me any gimmies with Ontario or Erie either, which is nope. not, very, not very nice of you. So I'm gonna say- uh, oh, too easy. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say Huron. It was actually Lake Superior. Um, because it is only accessible by ferry, seaplane, or private watercraft, the park is one of the least visited parks annually. Only 18,725 people visited the island in 2019. And finally, question five. According to the NCAA, which university is home to the oldest stadium still operating for college football? A, Yale University, B, Harvard University, or C, the University of Pennsylvania? Hmm all credible answers as well. Um, I'm going to say um, Harvard. It was actually Pennsylvania. Franklin Field was built in 1895. Harvard Stadium was second, 1903. Um, next is Bobby Dodd Stadium for Georgia Tech, built in 1913. Then the Yale Bowl in 1914, and to round out the oldest five, David Wade Stadium for the University of Mississippi, 1914. Very nice. Yeah. Alrighty, that's the end of round one. So, Mason, can you please give us a score update? All right, um, both contestants are square up at 30 entering round two. It's very much anyone's game. It's time for our weekly audience question. If you'll recall, last week our question was, 
the autumnal equinox was used as the first day in what country's Republican calendar? And the answer to that is France. The French Republican calendar was in effect from 1793 to 1805 and for 18 days in 1871. The autumnal equinox is the first day of Vendémiaire, the first month of the calendar. And so now for this week's question, what former first lady published Millie's book written from the perspective of the first family's English Springer Spaniel? So have a think about that and send me your answers and I'll announce the correct answer next week. Alrighty, and now it is time for round two. So Mason, can you please explain the rules? All right, round two is our director's round. Each contestant will receive five questions on the same topic. They are worth 20 points. However, if they get it wrong, then the opponent can answer the question for 10. Okay, so Dad, uh, as, as I said, I apologize in advance because Mason wrote your round two questions. Um, your topic is games of the Nintendo Entertainment System. Okay, so, okay, I, I'm ready. Yeah, all right. I had one of these in college. <laughs> Question one. The most recognizable game for the NES was what 2D platformer released in 1983 starring the namesake Plumbers? That would be Super Mario Brothers. That's correct. Question two. The NES came bundled with many different games throughout its life, the most famous of which contained Super Mario Brothers and what other game that used the NES Zapper and featured an infamous snickering dog? Oh, that's Duck Hunt. That's correct. I was really good at that when I was in college. Good for you. That was a good, that was a good one. I wouldn't have gotten that. Question three. What iconic 1986 game, which now lends its name to a genre, was among the first games to feature a female playable character? 1986. I think that was uh, the, I think that's Zelda. Uh, no. John? Miss um, Pac-Man? No. Um, he wrote there was female playable character. Um, the answer that Mason gave was Metroid. Yeah, uh, the, the name of Metroid would eventually become, it's half of the term Metroidvania, as it were. Okay, you, you, you could have been here for 45 minutes. I wouldn't have gotten that one. <laughs> <laughs> Question four. In 1987, Capcom released the first game in what 2D platformer series that follows the adventures of the titular robot? Oh, um, I, I can see it. I can, um, I, I, I'm blanking. Okay. John? Um, nope. Okay. It's not coming to me. This is Mega Man. Mm, Mega Man. And finally, question five. The success of the NES caused many arcade games to be ported to the system, including a 1988 port of what famously difficult Konami run-and-gun game that popularized the Konami code? Um, run-and-gun for Konami. I think I'm going to say uh, Ninja Gaiden. No. John? I'm unable to capitalize on my opponent's weakness <laughs> in this round. Um, the answer is Contra. Oh, I, I vaguely remember that one. Yeah, it's yeah. bringing yeah. some memories back. Yeah, Ninja Gaiden, by the way, I should probably, I believe is made by Koi Tecmo, not Koi There you go. Yeah, I was unable to give to to tell you how difficult the set was because I didn't know any of the answers other than, of course, Super Mario Brothers. 
you did fine. That was a rough round, Andy. That was a rough round. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. Uh, John, for your round two um, questions, we're going to give you questions about uh, someone who passed away recently, and that was comedian Norm MacDonald. So are you ready for your questions? I suppose. Okay. <laughs> right. question, question one. Norm MacDonald grew up in Canada and attended one of only three English language high schools in what provincial capital city? Well, I'm trying to remember the um, capital of Quebec. Is it Montreal or is it Quebec City? Um, and I think it's Quebec City, so that's what I'm going to say. That's correct. Yeah. The family later moved to Ottawa, where McDonald got his start in stand-up. Question two. In the 1992-93 television season, McDonald wrote for what sitcom, which starred John Goodman and Laurie Metcalf, among others? Um... What were the years? He just wrote for the sitcom in the 92-93 season, but that was not the only year that this yeah. show was on. Must have been Roseanne. That's correct. And of course, Roseanne Barr played the title character. Yeah. Question three. McDonald quit Roseanne in 1993 to join the cast of what sketch comedy show? Saturday Night Live. That's correct. Question four. In his five years on SNL, McDonald was known for his stints as the anchor of what recurring segment now hosted by Colin Jost and Michael Che? Um, this is one where I feel like uh, Andy's ready to just zoom in and uh, take this one from me, but I'm not in great shape to get it. So I'm not going to make any guesses because I think anything I say will will just be likely to help Andy finish me off. So I'm giving no answer on this one. Okay, Dad. It's weekend update. That's correct. Yeah. Uh, running gags included jokes on how Germans love David Hasselhoff and recording a note to self on a tape recorder in reference to the story he had just read. And finally, question five. Among his film credits include the voice of Lucky the Dog in what cult classic comedy starring Eddie Murphy? Hmm. What was Eddie Murphy in that featured Lucky the Dog? Um, boy, I'm blanking. I don't know. Okay. Dad? I have it narrowed down to two. Uh, I, I think it's either Shrek or Dr. Doolittle. I'm going to go with Shrek. It's Dr. Doolittle. Oh. Yeah, I don't think there's a dog in Shrek. There I, is. It, it, there is no, a dog? There's no, there's no dog. No, no, okay. yeah, that's why I, I, I It's been so many years since I've seen Shrek. It, I couldn't yeah. remember. Yeah. Um, Dr. Doolittle, of course, Eddie Murphy plays Dr. Doolittle, who can talk to animals. There are five, five films in the franchise, and McDonald and Kyla Pratt are the only cast members who appeared in all five. Eddie Murphy is only actually in two of the five Dr. Doolittle films. Wow. All right. This is a long-term memory game. Yeah. Way, that was way, 19, way, 1998. Way well, that's the end of round two. So, Mason, can you please give us a score update? Of course. Um, that was a very close round, um, but John edged out Andy. You, um, getting 60 points to Andy's 50 in that round. And so the current totals are John at 90 and Andy at 80. Okay, now it is time for round three. So Mason, can you please tell us the rules? Awesome. Round three is our second general knowledge round. This time questions are worth 30 points. However, if you get it wrong, the opponents can bounce it back for 15. All righty. Dad, are you ready for your five questions? Bring it on. Question one. What interstate highway is tolled for the vast majority of, it, of the eastern third of its length 
comprising all or part of the Massachusetts Turnpike, New York State Thruway, Ohio Turnpike, Indiana Toll Road, as well as various toll roads in Illinois. The Massachusetts Turnpike, the New York Thruway, mm-hmm. um, and then and then you said Indiana Turnpike, um, Ohio Turnpike, Indiana Toll Road, and also it's tolled in Illinois. Okay, so this goes up by the the lakes. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say eighty. It's not eighty, John. It's ninety. It's ninety. I ninety. Yes. There are no tolls on the interstate highway once it hits the Wisconsin border all the way to Seattle. Question two. Because of the ongoing lockdown in Melbourne, this year's Australian Football League Grand Final was held in what capital of Western Australia? Uh, Perth. That's correct. The game is typically held every year at the Melbourne Cricket Ground, but has been elsewhere since uh, for the last two years because of COVID. Um, last year's Grand Final was held in Brisbane, Queensland. And I can report that over the weekend, the Melbourne Football Club won the grand final, their first in like 50 plus years. So good for them. They beat the Western Bulldogs. Question three, what does the company name Yahoo stand for as an acronym? Wow. Um, I have no idea. John? I didn't know it was an acronym until just now. <laughs> I, I didn't either until I looked it up this week. Um, it's, and, and it's a little, it's a little ridiculous actually. Um, it is yet another hierarchical officious oracle. I never would have gotten that. Exclamation. I was just about to say that. I was just about to say that. Yeah, that that was your second choice, I'm sure. (laughs) Question four. The Salinas Valley is the primary setting of many novels by what American author who wrote Of Mice and Men and The Grapes of Wrath? Uh, Steinbeck. That's correct. And finally, question five. On September 29th, 1963, the St. Louis Cardinals honored what Hall of Famer with an hour-long retirement ceremony just before he played his final MLB game? 1963. I think that's Stan Musial. That's correct. Musial played all 22 seasons of his career with the Cardinals. He spent one year in the Navy in 1945. He recorded 3,630 hits, 1,815 of which came at home and 1,815 of which came on the road, interestingly enough. And uh, he had 475 home runs, 1,951 RBIs, and a lifetime batting average of 331. Pretty good. Cool. Alrighty, John, are you ready for your five questions? Uh, when Mason wakes up, I'll, I'm ready. Okay. <laughs> Question one. What interstate highway is entirely located within the state of Illinois, connecting the western suburbs of Chicago with I-80 at the Quad Cities? Uh, that's I-88. That's correct. It runs 141 miles between Hillsdale and East Moline, not to be confused with I-88 in New York. They are separate interstate highways. Question two. What is the largest country by land area in Africa? Um, okay. Well, I think it, um, uh, I think it is still um, Sudan. No, it's not Sudan. Dad? Um I would say Zaire. Which is not called Zaire anymore. It, it's the Congo. Uh, no, it's, it's, it's not that. Um, that's second, actually. Uh, Algeria is the largest country. It has a land area of 919,600 square miles. The Democratic Republic of the Congo has 905,000 square miles of land. Question three. 
What color is liquid oxygen? Um, I'm going to say clear. No. Dad? I'm going to say blue. It's blue. Very good. Question four. Should have gone with my gut on that one. Yeah. Always go with your gut. Yes. And that was a, that was a complete guess on my part. But... <laughs> That's a good guess. Question four. In 1997, Elton John released a rewritten version of which of his songs in a tribute to Princess Diana? Candle in the Wind. That's correct. Elton John performed the rewritten version titled Candle in the Wind 1997 only once, and it was at Diana's funeral on September 6th, 1997. And finally, question five. The Lucifer Effect by Philip Zimbardo documents the results of what infamous social experiment conducted at a namesake university that saw guards slowly become crueler on other participants and had to be abandoned after six days due to legal concerns. Um, that was the um, Stanford, um, that was the Stanford prison guard experiment. Yeah, yeah, I, I, Mason wrote the Stanford prison experiment. Yeah, so that's close enough. Um, Zimbardo organized and oversaw the notorious experiment in 1971. Well, that's the end of round three. So Mason, can you please give us a score update? This is actually quite remarkable, Matthew. I, like this, it's actually quite remarkable how closely the two of them are tracking with each other throughout the game. Because both of both contestants scored 105 points in that round. Exactly. So um, the margin is still 10 with John up 195 to 185. All righty, and now it is time for round four. So Mason, can you please explain the rules? Sure. Um, round four, it's the showdown. So there will be three questions, each worth 40 points. Contestants will, you know, somehow lock in or indicate or write down or something to, to answer, or, and they'll be revealed at the same time. All righty. Dad, John, are you ready? Ready. Okay, here we go. Question one. On the north shore of Long Island is Sagamore Hill, the home of what former president? All righty. Dad, what is your answer? I wrote Buchanan. John? Teddy Roosevelt. It was Teddy Roosevelt. In 1880, Roosevelt purchased the plot of land. The house was completed in 1886, and Roosevelt lived there until his death in 1919. Question two. How many states contain the, ho contain the home stadiums for at least two NFL teams? Are we, are we ready? I think so. Okay. Oh, wait, no, no. I got to change my answer real quick. Okay. Okay. I'm ready. Alrighty, Dad, what is your answer? Seven. John? Three. It is seven. California, which has the Niners, the Chargers, and the Rams. Texas has the um, Houston Texans and the Dallas Cowboys. Ohio has the Bengals and the Browns. Florida has the Jaguars, um, the Buccaneers, and the Dolphins. Maryland is home to both the football team stadium and the Baltimore Ravens. Um, Pennsylvania has the Steelers and the Eagles, and New Jersey has the Giants and the Jets. So it is seven. And finally, question three. The disclaimer, this is a work of fiction. Any similarity to actual persons living or dead or actual events is purely coincidental. First appeared as a result of a lawsuit regarding a film about what Russian healer? Alrighty, Dad, what is your answer? Rasputin. John? 
Also Rasputin. Yep, that's correct. Um, Felix U um, Yusupov, who participated in, in the assassination of Rasputin and his wife, Princess Irina, sued MGM for libel and invasion of privacy for the 1932 film Rasputin and the Empress, which had characters based on both of them. Well, that's the end of the game, so Mason, can you please give us the final score? All right, it was a close one. Uh, both players scored 80 points that round, and thus the final score, by a score of 275 to 65, John wins. Well, congratulations, John. You have won. Do you have anything that you would like to say? Um, I'm not surprised, I got to say. I, I felt a certain sense of predestination on this one. Um, no, I'm kidding. Um, I'll just use the Bull Durham quote, which is, uh, I'm just glad to be here, and Lord willing, it'll all work out. Very good. Yeah. Well, and thank you, Dad, for also being on. Did you, as, as our father, do you have anything that you would like to say? I, I enjoyed it very much. That, that was fun. It was good. Very good. Well, thank you both for being on the show today. And thank you, Mason Cook, for being our scorekeeper, as well as for composing the music. Today's questions were written by Sophie Wolbert, Caitlin Fick, Matthew Hauser, Mason Cook, and yours truly. And thank you for listening. Please like and subscribe to Trivia Over Tea on your preferred podcast platform and leave us a review if you enjoyed it. And check out our Facebook and Instagram pages at Trivia Over Tea. And feel free to message us there if you have any comments or suggestions regarding the show. And tune in next week when we'll have two new contestants and 33 more fantastic questions. Thank you. We'll see you next week.